0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Jefferson College podcast as we continue our study through the book of John called Road to Glory. Before we start, guys, I just want to thank you all for tuning in um, and thank you all for continuing to be connected and continuing to seek uh, the word of God during this this difficult time. Um, We're just so grateful for this this outlet that we can use um, to continue to meet with you all, even if it's from afar, and continue to study the word with y'all. Um, we miss you guys. Um, we do wish that we could be uh, with y'all up at Jefferson, but this is what we can do right now, and we're excited about it, and we're thankful for the opportunity the Lord has given us. So we're on our fourth week of this series, uh, the Road to Glory series through the book of John, as we just looked at the last week of Jesus's life, as we, as we lead up to Easter, and as we were beginning to prepare our hearts and our minds uh, for this, this Easter season. Uh, we just wanted to be reminded of the great news that is the gospel, that is it is the, re- the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And just as we've continued in this study, we, we've seen just different teachings of Jesus, um, whether it be the uh, washing of feet that we saw a few weeks ago, Um, and just how we need to love others like Jesus loved us um, through service and through self-giving love. Or maybe it was was, uh, the second week where we looked at John 15 and how we need to abide in Christ, how we need to be connected to the vine, and how we need to produce fruit because of that. Um, We need to continue to stay connected and to grow in our relationship with Him, and we also need to act more like him as well. We need to love others better. And last week we looked in John 17, uh, which was just final prayer of Jesus, this high priestly prayer as it has been called, and we looked through how he prayed and, and in what way that he prayed for us and how that he prayed for us to glorify God with our lives, to be unified with other believers, and to live sent into the world. And this week, we're going to be looking at the trial of Jesus before Pilate and what that tells us about who Jesus is and also what he has done for us. So we're going to be picking up in John 18, verses 28 through 40. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to him, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. So as we're picking up here this week, uh, we've, we've gone past a couple of things I just wanted to catch up on. Uh, so we ended in verse 17, which was the final prayer of Jesus. And in the beginning of 18, we see the betrayal and the arrest of Jesus uh, by Judas and the other high priest in the garden. Um, this is the episode where Peter cuts off the ear of one of the soldiers that were coming to arrest Jesus. Um, and Jesus places it back on there. And then Jesus faced the high priest. He faces the Sanhedrin. Um, and he's, and he's basically condemned for, being, for claiming to be God, uh, for blaspheming against God is their uh, claim. And then we have the episode that Peter denies Jesus. Uh, we, have, we have this story of him denying him three times before the rooster crows. And that's about where we're picking up. So the high priests have basically condemned them, but they have realized that they cannot put him to death and that he deserves to die. And then many people would ask, like, why can't the high priest and the Sanhedrin and the Jews put people to death? And I would say that's a pretty good question. Um, Generally, we we have a few outside sources that tell us that the Romans could remove this authority from the Jews. Uh, And that's what we believe happened during this time, that for some, one reason or the other, the Romans thought it would better for them to have ultimate control and ultimate authority over the deaths of people. Um, whether that just would call mob, cause mobs or cause insurrection throughout the town if, if the Jews put someone to death that wasn't deserving or that caused kind of a ruckus. Uh, so they don't have this authority right now. So they bring in the pilot, the Roman governor, who does have the authority. Um, and as they bring him before Pilate, Pilate really doesn't want anything to do with this situation. Um, he realizes that religious and getting in the midst of this religious uh, debates and these religious issues among the people was just dangerous. Um, There's no real good for him that would come out of it. So basically he tells them, why don't y'all judge him? And, and the Jews say, well, we, we would, but we can't put anyone to death. Um, and that's, and that's the big thing. So they bring before Rome before Pilate, and they basically say to him that he's an insurrectionist, uh, that Jesus was an insurrectionist, that he claimed to be king of the Jews, and he claimed to be against Caesar, and he was going to cause this big uprising um, among the people. And so Pilate's going to take this a little bit more seriously now, um, just because like, he doesn't want an uprising in his area, in his sect of the Roman Empire. Um, they want peace. Um, it's the whole idea of the Pax Roma, R- Romana, which was universal peace throughout the Roman Empire. So we see Pilate begin to question Jesus here. Um, he's basically just asking him if these claims are true. Um, does he claim to be king of the Jews? Does he claim to be against Caesar? And Jesus, kind of in a, a kind of slight way, he, he doesn't necessarily accept or deny anything that's being accused of him. Uh, he he goes to the Pilate and he says, my kingdom is not of this world, when he's asked if he's king of the Jews. Um, And therefore Pilate's like, so you are a king, right? You say you have a kingdom, even though it's not of this world, and that your servants didn't fight for you. Um, And Jesus say, you say that I am a king. uh, And for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world uh, to bear witness about the truth. So we see here, um, and the first thing we want to pick out of this text, is that Jesus is king. That he is king of the world. And so if we look at kings, if we, if we look at how they, they acted and how they ruled, we understand that the kings were not just kings of the whole kingdom, right? Like each individual subject was also subjected to them. He was under the submission of the king. So the whole kingdom and the individual subjects were under the king, and the king was in charge of them. So as as we look into this idea of of kingdom, uh, I just wanted to ask you all a question as we start. Are you a part of the kingdom of God? Are you a part of this kingdom that Jesus is talking about? Have you entered into relationship with him? Because we need to Ask that question amongst ourselves, because if we're not in this, in this kingdom, then we need to be. We need to realize that our sins are greater than ourselves, and that we have nothing to offer, and that we need to be in submission of the King. So the second question I have is, if, if you are in this kingdom, if you are acting, an acting member of this kingdom, if you do have a relationship with Christ, are you in submission to the king? I think a lot of times we look at, at Jesus as king, as Lord as king, and we say, Lord, you're a king overall, and we're so thankful that you are in control, which he is. He's completely in control. But we lose the idea that he is also king of our own lives, that he is in control of our own lives, that he is supposed to sit on the throne of our hearts. Once we enter into His kingdom, we live for Him. But typically, we don't do that as followers of Christ, especially in our, in our southern culture where we have a lot of people that claim to be Christians. There's a lot of us that still remain on the thrones of our own hearts. That we are more important than what Jesus has to offer. That our wants and desires are greater than Jesus' wants and desires for our own lives. And we we live this way. We live in a way that is very self-centered instead of Christ-centered. And especially right now, it's very evident to see that. We can look at our lives and see how much time we've been spending with Jesus amongst other things. Because if Jesus is truly king of our lives, we're going to spend time with him so we can be under him, so we can act according to His commandments and His Word to us. So we need to see that He is not only the King who reigns over all, which He is, but He's also the King that should reign in our own hearts and our own lives. We need to be submitted to Him and submitted to His will for our lives. So the first thing we see through this passage is that He is King. That He is in control and that He is the one that we live for. But the second thing that we see in this passage is that He is truth. As we see at the end of verse 37, um, He says, I have come into this world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to Him, What is truth? And after He said this, He went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in Him. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release the king of the Jews? So as we see in this passage, Jesus claims to be truth because it is who he is. It's the reason that he came here is to proclaim the truth to everyone. Um, he He came here to be a witness of the truth to the world. He says, everyone of the truth listens to my voice. And we also see this mirrored in John 14 a little earlier um, in a passage that we didn't really go over, but it's, it's the claim that Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through Him. That even though Jesus wasn't exactly what the Jews were expecting, He was the truth. He was the thing that came here to save the world he was the savior and we see that through this passage that he is the truth and he is the only thing that matters he is the ultimate source of truth in our life if we looked at john 1 we realized that he his word is truth and the word that he brings to us is truth and this is the truth that we need to be seeking so one of my favorite things about social media is just the older generation and how they they interact on social media and what they share and what and what they do. And while this isn't always a bad thing, um it's just it's just something that intrigues me. Uh because generally we have these posts that just like obviously aren't true, right? They post something that's very political leaning or very or something that's just just out of the blue and like comes from this website that is just very questionable, Um, and you just know by like looking at just the title of the article that it's probably not an objectively true article. Uh, You realize that there is some leaning here or there uh, that has inspired that article, or maybe it's a clickbait article, you know, where people just want to read it um, and get it read so they can get money, but I I do have a heart for, for this older generation because like they didn't have to deal with all of this false information growing up, or if they did, they didn't realize they did. And even though we see all this false information and these false shares, and there's just an overload of false information in this world, on social media, on television, on just every news outlet we see, there's there's just there's motivation behind the information. There's never just information anymore. And this is something that I bring up, not just out of the blue, but I think it's so important that we do dig to the source, right? Uh, the way to not repost things that are obviously false is to, to check out the source and see if it's reliable, see if it's something um, that is reputable, that has some backing to it, that, that has actual research in it. Um, and obviously just with a little bit of digging, we can, we can determine if something's true or not, um, for the most part. We can determine if something is just completely fake or if it's actual news that's happening or actual information that is being given to us. And we know that we just we need to dig to the source. And we know that we need to do a little digging. But the issue is, and I think the issue in our Christian walk, is that for the majority of us, we struggle in this. We struggle in actually seeking the truth of the Word of God, even though we know what the source of truth is. Even though Jesus claims that He is truth, and that He proclaims truth, and that we know that His Word is true, and we claim it with our mouths, we hardly ever seek truth in the Word of God. We hardly ever spend time in the Word of God like it is the ultimate source of truth. We often look for truth elsewhere. We look for truth in all these other places where we have to dig and we have to search for truth and we have to check to see if the sources are reliable even though we've been given a source that is completely reliable in the Word of God. Yet we don't spend time in it. We don't apply it to our lives. We don't apply this source of truth to our lives. Even though we know That it is the only source of truth. So we need to be connected to this source of truth. We need to be digging in it. We need to be seeking it out in His Word because He has given it to us for a reason. And that reason is to look more like Him and to tell others about Him. We have a long way to go, and we need to start by studying the truth, by studying what He has given us, and studying the proclamations of Jesus and how we should live in light of that. We need to make sure that we believe the truth in His Word over believing the false truth of this world. Because at the end of the day, there's only one source of truth. And that's the Scriptures. That's that's the Bible. And we need to spend time in it. We We need to just dive into it and soak it in because this is what will change your life, not anything else in this world. The Word of God can change your life. It can help you defeat sin. It can help you live more like Him. Unlike anything else in this world that might offer to do those things. And it's not a quick fix. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. But we need to start by seeking the truth of His Word. So through this passage, we see that Jesus is both King and He is truth. The last part of this passage isn't necessarily something that Jesus is, but it's something that Jesus did. And it's that he took our place. That is the third point that we have, is that he took our place. So we're going to pick up in verse uh, 39. Uh, So we see that Pilate, he's already declared that Jesus is not guilty. Uh, There's no guilt in him. But it says, "...but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at Passover." So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. So in this passage, um, and in the other Gospels and other parallel accounts of the resurrection and this passion account, we have a little bit more information about this Barabbas guy. Uh, We understand that he was not only a robber, but he was an insurrectionist, um, that he was a murderer that we see in Luke. And as Pilate poses this question to the Jews, he asks, do you want this man who I deem as innocent, or do you want this murderer? And these Jewish people, so, so just enraged by Jesus and his teachings and his claims to be Messiah, they say, I want Barabbas. I want Barabbas, this man who, who has done wrong, but I want him back. And Jesus takes the place. Jesus steps in the place of Barabbas, this person who deserved death, that deserved to die on a cross, who was a murderer. Jesus takes his punishment. And while Barabbas is set free for nothing that he did, Jesus is deemed guilty and sent to the cross, even though we know that he was innocent, even though that he lived a perfect life even though we know that He fulfilled the law, the Old Testament law, and He was the fulfillment of the prophecies of the Old Testament, He stood in place of Barabbas. He took the place of Barabbas, just like He does to each one of us. Jesus, the King of all, the King of the world, the King of kings, voluntarily takes the place of this sinner. Of this person who deserves what's coming to him. Who deserves death on a cross. Jesus takes his place. And while Barabbas walks free and we don't ever understand anything else of him, we don't know anything else about him, we know that Jesus died for him. We know that Jesus died in the place of Barabbas. And likewise, he does the same for us. He takes Our place. And He took our place on the cross. Because we deserve death. We deserve this death on a cross. This this eternal life in hell. That's what we deserved. But Jesus said, no, I'm going to cover that. I'm going to die on a cross for you. I'm going to die on a cross for your sins. As we see in Romans 5 8, he says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't die for the perfect version of ourselves. He didn't die for those that were righteous. He died for the sinners. He died for each and every one of us while we were sinners. And all we have to do is receive this gift and place our faith in him. Place our belief in Him. Repent from our sins. Repent from our, last, our, our, our previous life and turn to Jesus. This, this amazing act of love is something that just overwhelms me. As Jesus says, yes, you chase your shortcomings, your sins, your failures. That's what I died for. That's what I took the place of. And you can be clean. You can lay those down at the foot of the cross because they are already paid for. I have already claimed victory over those sins. I have already overcome all of that. So maybe today, as, as you're listening to this podcast, you've never made this decision. You've, met, you've never made the decision to follow after Christ to believe in Him, to repent from our past lives and our sins and give our lives to Christ. While this is a, is a gift that doesn't cost anything to receive, it, is, it does cost something in our lives. It costs our whole lives. We are to submit to Him. We are to be under His kingship. We are to be obedient to His word. And it costs us everything. And even though our own lives are gone, we can now live a life that matters. The only life that matters, and that is in obedience to Christ and in relationship with Him. So maybe you're, you're, at, you're at home today listening to this and you just realize the overwhelming love that Jesus has for you. And that he's not holding this grudge over the sins that you're holding on to. But instead he's saying, you know what? I paid for those. They're already paid for. Victory has already been won over them. And you need to lay those down today. I would challenge you to do so. I would challenge you to turn to him and say, Lord, I'm going to follow you more diligently. I'm going to follow you more obediently. And I'm going to give everything over to you. So lay down those sins that we think removes us from him for some reason. Even though it was those sins that he died for. Because he had you in mind when he died on that cross. So we need to lay down our past sins and just continue to seek him. Continue to seek his truth. So as we wrap up, as we conclude, um, maybe you've been listening and And this idea that you aren't in the kingdom of God, that you don't have a relationship with Jesus has just overwhelmed you. And the Holy Spirit is just working in your heart. I would just ask you to make that commitment today, to make that decision to follow after him wholeheartedly. To repent from your past life and put your belief in him. It doesn't take a special prayer. It just takes genuine faith in you. And if you want to make that decision and you don't know how, like you can talk to me. Send me a message. Uh, send me a text. Send me a, a message on Instagram, at Jefferson College. Um, however, just get in contact with a follower of Christ and say, I want to make this decision, or I did make this decision. Because we, we at Jefferson and we as, as Bible believers believe that it is the most important thing that you can do in your life is to give it over to Christ. Maybe you're at home right now and you've you, you realized that you've been stuck in sin, um, that you've been holding on to sin, thinking that the Lord would look down upon you if you brought it to Him. I want to tell you right now that's not true. He died for that sin, and that all you have to do is repent and ask for forgiveness of it, even if you are in the kingdom. And you need, if you are in the kingdom and you're looking at your life and you say, I am not being obedient. I am not following after the Lord. I'm not seeking truth. I'm spending more time seeking false truth of this world than I am seeking the truth of the Scriptures, of Jesus Christ. Or maybe you're just not using your time in quarantine to glorify Him. Or maybe it's something else. I would just challenge you to repent. Repent ask for forgiveness for those sins, and turn to Jesus. Turn to the King who is in control of the situation and who is King over your life. Because He is the truth. And He is King. And He took our place. And because of that, we should give our lives over to Him and we should praise Him with our lives. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the truth that is found in your word and just the love that you have for us. That you have seen our sin and that you looked it in the face and you said, that is what I'm dying for. That is what I'm going to make a sacrifice for. There is no reason that you need to hold on to that anymore. Just follow me. Daily, pick up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself and follow me. Me. And Lord, there's there's some out there that might not have relationship with you. Lord, I just ask that you would just work in their hearts, that you would work in their lives, and that you would bring them to the truth of your word, that you would bring them to enter your kingdom today. Lord, work. Lord, move, Lord, save lives. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to read Your Word. Thank You for the opportunity to study Your Word. And Lord, thank You for taking our place on the cross. Thank You for stepping in for us that even though we're sinful people, even though we often fail You, Lord, You loved us so much that You said, I'm going to overlook that because I care about You. Lord, thank You. Lord, let us live in light of that. Lord, let us live in complete obedience and submission to you as Lord of our lives. Lord, we love you and we praise you. and it's your son's name I pray. Amen. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. If there's anything that we can do for you, uh, if if you need someone to talk to, just please let us know. Send us a message, send us a text, and uh, we will get back to you as soon as we can. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, We hope that you'll be back next week as we continue our series, The Road to Glory.